Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media. A good story is a good story. Hosted by Marsha Casper Cook. Live shows every week with interesting interviews in the entertainment field with writers, producers, directors, and screenwriters. There's also shows about newsworthy topics and group discussions about writing tips to help writers reach success. New to the show are conversations about personal struggles and how to feel good about yourself in today's world. One thing's for sure, it's always a lively conversation and lots of fun. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Well, I can sit back today because Jack Remick is on the show. He will definitely lead the show today. He has brought me once again another wonderful person, Priscilla Long. And as you know, a lot of the people that Jack has introduced me to, I'm really good friends with a lot of them for all these years now. And I always thank him for bringing me and introducing me to interesting people. And what Priscilla Long has to say is very interesting. And so today's going to be a really good show. I'll let both of them tell you a little bit about themselves, and uh, then we'll get right on to it. Jack? Hello, Jack. It's your show today. It's your show. Okay, so tell everybody first a little bit all, about yourself. Okay, so first of all, I'm an old guy, one of those guys Priscilla writes about in that book of hers. You know, dancing with the muse, you know. I'm there, I've been there, you know, I'll probably be there for a few more years. Let's but, hope, not uh, wood, yeah, right? I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a poet, a novelist, a, an essayist, a one-time screenwriter, um, a bit, I think I have 20 books now. I'm not sure I lost yeah. count after yeah. a while you do that. Um, and I've lost count too, Jack. Yeah, it's just it's just too hard to keep up with my own stuff. Yeah. And occasionally I go back and read something. I say, "Wow, I don't remember writing that." You know, yeah, I know. I talked like about that a lot. But then were, sometimes when I'm reading something, I go, "Who wrote you know? this? Who wrote yeah, this?" But I've been yeah, I've been a teacher, uh, and in the COVID, you mentioned COVID earlier. In the COVID crisis, what could you do? Well, I started working online with a bunch of other writers and develop something that I've been calling interactive rewriting. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But my, let's see, my last book was the book of essays, What Do I Know? Wisdom Essays. And, a great book, uh, by I, the way. Yep. I tried to figure out some things. but I. And you know a lot. The conclusion I finally <laughs> came to is that my brain knows more than I do. And that kind of brings <laughs> us to one of my latest interest is neurosciences yeah. and it kind of all started with a book that I picked up by Eric Kendall called The Age of Insight and it was all about how we see and this is a neuroscientist talking about the way we see and in that book he says one thing that is very very important has really stuck with me he says the artist must start paying more attention to the neurosciences because it's all about the brain. Everything yeah. we do is yeah, about and, the, and brain. the brain. And, it's, and part of the point, yeah. don't mind me, it's part of the point is that it's a quality <laughs> Go right of ahead. attention. Um, it's a quality of attention. Uh, you know, the brain 
pays attention to certain things that you pay attention. I mean, it it it, it remembers what you pay attention to. So part right. of, that's part of Kendall's thought. Um, so. Sorry, uh, Priscilla. Wait before <laughs> before we start our count. Maybe because we're going to start the conversation. So Priscilla, tell everybody who you are, because then we'll just go right into oh. this, everything. Uh, uh, okay. Um, so I'm Priscilla Long, and this is my the Dancing with the Muse is in old age is my seventh book, but I've also written a ton of other, published a ton of other um, things, including a science column um, for three years with the American Scholar, and I also teach writing to developing um, professional writers, mostly uh, adult writers. And um, what else can I say? I'm very interested in, well, um, I'm interested in in, um, how do we continue to make art in old age? And uh, that question kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, is hovering over my book, Dancing with the Muse in Old Age. Partly I'm interested in this um, because I'm 79, just about to go into old age, I guess. And um, so, um, and I've learned, you know, I think, um, speaking of science, that the science of aging and the new things that have been coming out in the last five years are really important for us to know. I mean, we need to know neuroscience, as Jack says, which is part of the science of aging. What does the brain do um, when it's learning, and what does it do when it's not learning? And what what does it do when it's paying attention? What does it do when it's not paying attention? I mean, we need to know those things in order to you know, uh, you know, as you say, aging gracefully, but also uh, continuing to make art in a, in, right. in and, and write in in old age. And so um, I have, you know, I mean, that's that's partly. I mean, part of it is to have these role models that you know, like um, Wayne Tebow, who at age 98 starts a new body of work. And like Louise Bourgeois, who continues to work until she drops dead, basically. Um, There's no such thing as 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 stopping. So um, so you know, I know that's part of it. Um, So um, I think it's important to keep working, right? You know, and to keep doing things that keep your mind stimulated. I know my grandmother, who lived till 101, she always thought working don't stop. You know, and she just felt it was important to keep going on and knowing things and talking to people. And so I think I got a lot of that from her because I refer to her in my books a lot. You know, like a grand, well, you know, I use a grandmother because to me it was somebody really that I could look up to and see that this person was 100 and she still remembered everything. And she, you know, she had some issues, you know, she didn't walk great or things like that, but she was mentally fine and she gave me a lot of lessons and that's one of them is to just keep going and writers are lucky that way because writers can support can I I say something right there about what you're touching on I think it's very important as we age and watch other writers age or other artists age that we not give up and Priscilla talks about that quite a bit is the the writer who has you know half a dozen works or does something, and then doesn't find anything else to write about because they have quit exploring. And her yeah. in those books, she talks about keeping up, you know, keeping up, staying alive, and that's yeah. so important not to give up. 
You know, right. Just yeah. because and, we're and old also, and the culture shuts us out, you know, doesn't mean that we have to quit. And yeah. uh, I mean, ageism is, is Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I mean, ageism is um, per- pervasive in our culture, and ageism says I'm too old to quote dot dot dot. And I think an issue for a creator is a, an old creator who's been working for a long time. And an issue is, you know, what is new that I can do? What new doors can I open? What can I learn? And part of the new um, science on on aging is the, the idea that it is not about, you know, cognitive maintenance. It's about cognitive development, and that's Rachel Wu is this neuroscientist who works on cognitive development through the lifetime. And so that's important information for us to know. It's not about, I mean, it's fine. If you love to do crossword puzzles, uh, that's fine, you know, no problem. But that's not it. It's about cognitive development, and that, and that really feeds into um, the the older creator because that is how you open new doors. I mean, to to new forms, new, you know, to not repeat yourself. I mean, I think that's a big problem in and being an so go go into that go into that a little bit. What do you mean? Repeat yourself. Tell me. Tell yeah. us about well, that. I mean, I think one one issue is well, I mean, there's all right. There's two issues, um, and one issue is you've done so much. Honestly, you've just done. I mean, I've done so much writing that yeah. um, a different subjects, uh, different parts of memoir, different parts of science, different parts of history. I've written a lot of history and this and that and the other thing. That um, So if I'm approaching a new piece, you know, have I written about this before and am I just grinding the wheels again? And I think this is really, really important. Um, and it's a, not only a matter of content, which it is a matter of content, but it's also a matter of form. It's a matter of what are you reading, what are you learning, how are you learning? Because learning and writing are, you know, they work together. So, so, um, and and also for not, I don't know that this is a problem for me, but for writers who are have done are really famous. Let's say, let me put it that way. A big problem for them really is, you know, I did such a great thing back when. Will I ever be able to repeat myself? Yeah. And that's yeah. a non-question. Don't yeah. go there. That's irrelevant. Right. Exactly. If you go to the right. next thing. You don't know. You have no idea. Yeah. I mean, you and that that's external. That's external to the art that you're working on. So you have no idea. You know, is this going to be successful with the public? That's not a, a question that is relevant to the art that you're making right well, now. You know, you know also, lately, more than ever, you know, a lot of um, young, like when you're watching movies now, a lot of younger people are having age, people that have aged in, they're in the movies with them. So they're doing multi-generation and I think they seem to be enjoying it. I mean, if you look at, like, Steve Martin, he's with Selena Gomez. I mean, she's young, and they, they work together, and um, they're and Martin Short, yeah, all I mean, three Steve of them. So, I mean, it's, it, they example. never used to do things like that, you know, yeah, and I mean, they're mixing the, crops, yeah. the age. Yeah. 
and and yeah, and one thing that one does is to keep making connections with other people, yes. including yes. younger people if you're older, or older people if you're younger. You know that this is a cross, the, the cross, the cross cultural, and to some extent, yes. it's cross cultural. And to what is the music? What what are the forms? You know what right. are the? I mean, I don't mean just well, to. Me, like, so let me let me ask you a question here. It seems to me that you're, you're both skirting around the issue kind of of uh, a mentorship or, you know, a protege aspect. I don't know, in 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 French literature, for example, Guy de Maupassant, who was one of the great French novelists, actually lived with, you know, in a house with uh, Flaubert, you know. I mean, oh, uh-huh. yeah, Flaubert, yeah. in a way, mentored him, the older writer mentoring the younger writer yeah. and in that process what we're well, I think that at the deep part of this what you're talking about is isolation. You know, as we age we yeah. cannot isolate ourselves. We have to get dressed in the morning and go out and see the world. And it's it's yeah, hard that's, to that's make really true. do that when that's my true. hip doesn't work and I'm afraid I'll fall you know, right. how can my brain still be producing this stuff when my well, body... Well, you know what, you know what the thing? problem is? I'll tell you one okay. of the problems I think it is. Uh, when you go to, when people go to doctors, they automatically, everything that somebody has, if they're over 50, they go, oh, it's your age, it's your age, it's your age. And no, people well, then I mean, start to believe, yeah. they start to believe that they're old, you know? And, yeah. like, and, it, and it's ridiculous. That's what's no, that's one of the problems. We're old and vibrant. We're old and vibrant. We're old and creative. We're old artists. We yeah. know what we're doing, yeah. and and it's yeah. re- very exactly. important. You're right, Jack is just right. That it's important. First of all, it's important to move, and we know that. And over yeah. and over, if you're disabled, which some of us are, you move the best you can, and that's World Health Organization advice. <laughs> I convey it yeah. to you. Um, but also, it's important to, you know, the mentor. The mentors, um, it's important for young people, young artists and writers and painters and so on to have dancers, to have mentors. Um, but yeah. it's also important for, for older people to look to mentors. I mean, I, I have two problems here. To look to mentors um, who we may not know, but we look at these role models. And like Louise Nevelson, the sculptor, yeah. Um, yep. said, um, I decided to be productive. Pro- productivity is a decision to be made. It, it's yeah. not, it doesn't just happen one morning. It's a decision that you make right. to be productive. So to me, she is a kind of mentor, even though I never met her, um, because right. one of the problems with aging is that people that, You've known all your life, and that you know, and your teachers and 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 other people, they begin predeceasing you. This is a fact, and this happens more and more the older you get. And so, people that have been totally part of my life forever, you know, have died. And so, it is important to be proactive, as Jack says, be proactive, go out. And also, Priscilla, learn let me ask, new... let me ask you a question on that. Why is it important to continue to be a an in quotes creative artist? Why is that important 
in old age, can't Why we just sit back and can't we just sit back well, and rest on our laurels and read our books to ourselves in the quiet no. of the evening? No. Yeah, because well, then you're not, not growing. Go, go into that. You're not go growing. Into that. Talk about. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you one reason why it's important, because your uh, brain begins to shrink. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, your, your hippocampus, uh, so the brain, as we know, is, is um, uh, you know, plastic, and it's plastic in two ways. When you learn new things, I mean, active learning when you learn new things, when you try to figure out what on earth are they talking about when they're talking about black holes or dark energy, what is that about? What is this time, you know, time-space business? What is it? You know, and you really try to work on those things, which I think that writers should look into science because science is all around us, you know. Anyway, isn't that kind um, of what? Isn't that kind of what? Candle was saying in the age of insight is artists have to pay more attention to the neurosciences. And then Gazaniga yeah. in his book, the, the Consciousness Instinct, says you really got to start looking at math and physics and chemistry and biology yeah, and all these other exactly. things. So that's all about actually how to stay alive as a writer by not staying focused on say, writing mystery novels or romances. You got to, you know, no. spread out. Yeah. The latest novels totally from from Cormac McCarthy, who's getting right up there in our age group, you know, is is uh, very different from uh, Cities of the Plain or uh, you know the yeah. earlier ones. Yeah, and and, and you know. part of the reason is part of the neuroscience is that if you, I mean, if you're just doing what you've always done. Um, then your your you're not your brain is not creating new connections and your hippocampus is not growing. Okay, right. if you're sitting doing and in fact it's your brain is shrinking, and, and so it's it's a so it's a real I think that getting old well, is isn't, a real isn't it point. isn't interesting in that light that Cormac McCarthy actually hangs out with. Scientists from the Los Alamos I think that's extremely relevant. He, he lives with science. He talks science. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I have. What can you actually learn from yet. reading a novel? All right, well, tell me I mean, that. What can you actually learn from reading a novel? Yeah. No, you well, can learn from reading a novel. Like, sure. Yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. not all you should read. I just read Booth by Karen uh, Karen Joy Fowler. I mean, it's like whoa. Um, you know, you well, learn yeah. a lot, but. But also, That's like, you can learn from documentaries. I mean, like, now, I mean, we are in the age of TV. There's, I mean, there's so much on TV, but there are a lot of, like, documentaries, and then people are watching them now, which is a good thing, because they're seeing what's happened in the past, you know, in a different yeah. way, in yeah. an art form. So I think that is something that they didn't used to do. But there's tons of, and, and also there's bios on people that you may not, know anything about but then if you are on like because a lot of people you can't help but what this is what people do they don't read as much i think they watch a lot of tv especially during because of covid it's that's the age what well we're in I now. Actually, so i yeah. think tv is fine but i do think people should go back to reading and that's also based in neuroscience now I, that doesn't yeah. mean yeah. i don't i don't think there's good tv and that doesn't mean i think youtube right. is a great you know thing you know you can look at miles davis from the beginning on all on youtube or, or dolly partner right. whoever you want to but so i think it's a great <clears throat> thing so i'm not criticizing yeah. but i think people should go back 
to reading on the page. And this has to do with, it again has to do with the different parts of the brain that are activated when you are reading on the page, you know, and so. Yeah. And, and I think and, people ask, um, well, well naturally, of course, they're not, you know, because they listen to audio books. They're not reading, actually. But, I mean, my opinion is also just to get as much knowledge as you can and just kind of enjoy your life, but also don't just sit there. Sitting there can be so horrible. And a lot of people are. They're just, you know, they've actually paralyzed themselves during the COVID and they stay home and they're so depressed and and not going out. Like I can't even imagine what it have been like to be really young and not go out to work or to do anything because I like, you know, talking to people. So I can't imagine sitting in a room, you know, writers do it all the time, but we don't always stay home. You know, a lot of writers, just one of the problems was writers write in coffee shops. So, and Jack, you know this, you had groups. Jack, you were in a group, right? Everybody used to meet and it was a whole different yeah, thing. Jack's writing group, Jack and Bob's writing, Jack and Bob Ray, their writing group was yeah. a years-long thing. And, in yeah. fact, it still goes on on Zoom. And so, but, um, so one piece of the science that has been shown over and over and over again is that you must move your body. Move your body. If you're disabled, yeah. you move the best you can. You must move yep. your body. And writers, we must move our body. And um, the science on this is, is, there are so many studies on this that it's just ridiculous, you know. And yes. here's another study. 4,000 people in Great Britain, those who move, walk this many steps versus walk this many steps. These became, um, you know, became, uh, uh, had de- got dementia and these didn't. Uh, that type of thing. I mean, people are worried about dementia. Because um, well, people are right. afraid of that. That is, a, it's a scary thing because you know. And when people talk about people that have dementia and they don't have dementia, you know, the person that they're talking about really doesn't have dementia. If they've if they've never seen a person with dementia, they there's a you know exactly what dementia is. But people will say, oh, this person is he's you know he's old. He doesn't know anything. That's not true because that's that's not dementia. You know, and they're not even well, they don't yeah, know anything but, about I mean, it. The thing is that people that do have memory loss um, are can be actually more, cre- very more, much more creative than they used to be, which is an interesting thing, and they should be treated with great care and great respect and great love. Right. And so yeah, we know that. But on the other hand, about a third of memory loss could be prevented if people made lifestyle changes such as yeah. moving, uh, moving. I mean, and that's also true in creative work. If you're doing creative work, I, I, I believe yeah. it. And the thing, the interesting thing about COVID, the pandemic, is that um, people, even though they didn't, you know, have to commute a lot and things like that, even though that is true, they moved a lot less. And so the, yeah. the health consequences of just that, are pretty big right now. Yeah, this is yeah. Coming they're not, out. Also, they're not yeah. even go, they're not even going to doctors. They're, they're not going to doctors. First of all, you can't even get in doctors, and that's a whole other subject, you know. And there's so many subjects that you can talk about that what that's happened to this country or all the world actually of what happened during COVID. So many things, and moving is one of them. Yeah. Right, moving around, yeah. just walking around but if you're in an apartment. Is- yeah, yeah, just moving around. Just do, do. and the point is that um, uh, wait, what was it going to say? The point is that um, you must be. It's important in 
creative work and in life to be proactive, not just to yeah. let. Sometimes yeah, right. you become ill, and that's the way it is, and then you do the best you can. Right. You know. There's nothing. But right. There's to, nothing. Yeah. Be, but to be proactive, not just to sit and wait for something to happen, and that's like doubly, triply true in doing art and making art that you intend to, you know, I intend to write 10 more books. You might say, okay, you're crazy. <laughs> but I do, actually. intend to write 10 right, more books, so you know? Let, you're touching on something really important right there. You're talking about artists continuing to be artists in their old age, but you're telling us nothing about who people who are not artists in their youth can become artists in their old age. Yes. Is there a cutoff point where you can't become it anymore or you're locked no, I mean, into you know, what no, you are? No, maybe they had it in them. Well, maybe they had it in them and they never had time find, to do it. Yeah. But how do you find, you know, you just tell me you've got to keep moving. Well, then maybe there, there are people are. who kept moving all the time and now suddenly they decide they want to write a novel. Yeah, I, I'm not no, sure absolutely. that there are many, many role models. Now, let's start with people who started, of people who started in their 70s, uh, uh, in, their, in their 80s. I mean, let's start with um, the person I will very carefully name, Anna Mary Robertson Moses, that we used to call grandma, okay? But we don't anymore. <laughs> Um, she started in her 70s. Um, she yep. started in her 70s. And mm-hmm. there are other, Alma Thomas, the great colorist, um, who died in 1978. And she, I mean, there are people like Alma Thomas, who Noah Purifoy is another. These are, these are great artists. These are world-class artists. And Alma Thomas and Noah Purifoy, they're diff- very different, one California, one Washington, D.C., um, and they um, they were actually they went to art school. They were trained as artists, but they spent their entire decades before old age teaching children and education and curriculum development. And Alma Thomas just taught children for thirty years. And Noah Purifoy became involved with the um, California educational system, and he developed programs for schools and, and, and prisons. And let's just take Noah Purifoy. Um, when he finally retired, and he lived in L.A., and he's an he's a assemblage and installations. He's big, and he made all out of junk, you know. And, he, and so he, he, he couldn't live in L.A. anymore. He, he ran out of – he didn't have enough money to live in L.A., so uh, a friend helped him get 10 acres in the Joshua Tree Desert and for the rest of his life, which was about 15 years, and he died in a fire in his trailer at age 86 or something, he built these installations out of junk there, and it's like a national treasure now. You can go. Um, it's open. They have a foundation that preserves it. And so Alma Thomas, when she was... 72 or something like that she started um just painting and these are brilliant works these are highly colored colorful brilliant works and um she became very well known in the next 15 years before she died and the important thing about to know about her is that she was had arthritis quite severely when she started on this 
And then before two years before her death, and she's working madly. And two years before well, maybe her she death, wasn't move, maybe because she, she's moving her hands now, and she didn't do that before. Uh, well, she she, had, she wasn't teaching full time. I mean, that was you know she had time now to do this, but she um, when she and then she broke her hip. Okay, and when she uh, couldn't stand, she worked with canvas on her lap. And at the last two years, she had this rig rigged up so that she could because she wanted to paint big. Yeah. So she had this rig, uh, you know, this thing that helped her stand so she could re- reach up and paint big. And so she's such a, a model. These are our models of people who started the very late. So, yes, I mean, of course you can start late. And, and you should start late. Yeah. You know, you should write your novel. And there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of craft to learn. Um, there's a lot. So... I think part of it is a decision to be productive and to have a uh I don't know what you call it, a work schedule. Have a have a, a a work a plan to work. I mean learning to work is well, have you a know, plan. the work you know, right. is no because no plan is not a plan, you know. So if you get up in the morning yeah. and you have nothing to do, this is not a good thing. You know, make a plan, this even if it's going for a walk, do yeah. something because I think that really yeah. it, you know, when people are exercising you don't. It doesn't mean you're going to have to. You lose weight sometimes. It just means your mind works better because you're just getting. You know, your your body feels better when you're moving around if you can. You know, and so yeah. I think that yeah. people that say they can't. No, you can. You don't have to be, and you don't have to lose weight. I mean, you just have to be doing it just so your body moves, and then you move better. You know, and you can do it from a wheelchair yeah. too. I know and, my and mother. Also, I right. I gave weights to my mother to, for her hands, and I go. She would say, "What? What's this for?" I go to move. You know, you have to move. You know, even if it's yeah, just yeah. in a wheelchair, you just have to move. And so I believe that's if really important. If you're in a wheelchair, too. move your arms. Yeah, yes, yeah. And, absolutely. And it also really, and they they say, okay, one of the ways to thrive in old age, you must have a passion that you work at. Well, and so what I say is um, making art is a pat. You don't have to feel passionate at every moment. You know, people say, oh, well, I don't really feel passionate about... Well, you don't have to feel passionate. That's not it. The work gives you back. But you have to have a very consistent, you know, work ethic. Um, You know, you have to learn how to work. And and, And any creative, any artwork that you're working on, you know, first of all, the work is what gives it back to you. You know, I yeah. hear people say, oh, if this is successful, if this novel is successful, I'll write another novel. What does that mean? No. I mean, right, nothing. Absolutely. It's right. ridiculous, right. Opinion. You don't know. You could write the sixth novel could be successful. Just don't, like, yeah. success, I, you know, I just did, um, Jack, you know, introduced me to Jasmina, and she has, you know, EYS Magazine, and so she's now going to be having books, you know, published books that she's having different people mm-hmm. write in them and so they're all different goals you know for different people of any age and whatever you know and it's like to keep going you know and it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. I, my article was about that is just to believe in yourself and you know because a lot of people they don't believe in themselves and jack knows from all these authors a lot of them if they get a bad review or if they get something they just give up 
So the main thing, and one of the reasons I do my shows always, is to keep people going. Just to, it doesn't matter if it's yeah. what is I success. Mean, what does yeah, that mean? What does that really mean? It means if you're happy with something that you completed. You know, it doesn't have okay. to be me, top me, one on Amazon. Let me jump in here for a minute. Yeah. Let me jump yeah. in here for a minute because I have a real serious, what I think. Now, in my old age, I consider this a serious question. Where I younger, probably frivolous. But Priscilla, in your book. You talk a lot about famous artists, people who've done this, uh, you know, at the age of so-and-so, a well-known painter continued to paint. Well, I mean, so what? You say, why why didn't you, you know, go across the street to find, you know, the poet who had been sitting in isolation, or painter like Henry Darger nobody knew about, you see. But the the idea Mm -hmm. here, I think, you're equating success and old age you know, with previous success, all right? I mean, you're no, measuring, a lot of actually, you, want, you a lot are of wanting to measure success by how well the novel sold, how it got famous as a writer, no, no. as a painter, and no. so forth. Is no. fame, no. in fact, a, no. a, a major consideration in, in the way you're thinking about no. creativity and old no, age? I- no, absolutely not. I mean, no. first of all, a lot, yeah. of the, yeah. a lot of the world-class creators in the book uh, weren't some were famous but a lot were not famous you know I mean I don't know if Pierre Foy is not really famous I mean Alma Thomas is now is pretty famous you know but no absolutely not um that that is I mean you know uh, Henri Matisse is very famous but uh but but others in the book are are not famous at all. I mean, there's this guy Harry Shapiro that no one's heard of, you know, and except if you read well, my yeah, book. Well, yeah, but that, I, you know, but that a lot of younger people, you about, know, that are writers, about, they feel that they feel if they're not if their book is, does not do well or their project does not do well, they just so go oh the hell with it. That's no, wrong. No, that's and wrong. The point is, you need a community. Yeah. Of artists yeah. like we have, you know, you need a community of artists yeah. who values art, that values art and the working yeah. of art, and you you really do need this. It's not about there's all this you know stuff about marketing and fame and success. Bullshit. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, but no, that's no, okay. It's, it is about <laughs> making art. It's, it's, about, it's the it, way to it, put it. It is, I know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about you know, making art. It's about having, it's about your, first of all, it's about your relationship with the artworks that you're working on. And often, you know, often world-class creators are working on more than one thing at once, just like I like to point that out. And I, I don't know, yeah. I'm not saying I'm a world-class creator. I'm saying I'm always working on more than one thing at once. And um, second of all, you realize there's always going to be rocky places where you don't know what you're doing and you must learn you, that that you yes. must yeah and that's as jack true. always says yeah. finishing is a skill as jack always yeah. says right jack. i think that's finishing true. Is i think a it's skill. true and and yeah. so you must master that skill and these are things that have nothing to do with the external world but what you yeah. need is some kind of art community that values art and that values, you know, your process, what you're doing. And that's really essential. And it's out there. 
and you know you need yeah, to be Yeah, but I do think you know when you're looking at all these younger when you look at all these people, not, well, not only younger. I mean, it's a lot of people are having issues with the fact of what success is to them, and you know, and how they feel about themselves, and that is a problem because you know this is going to go through them if they're younger. This is going to go with them their whole life, and you know. What is success? I mean, are they going to feel that they're not successful because maybe one book didn't sell as much or maybe one painting didn't sell or whatever artwork or whatever they're doing? But that's a problem now because people become very depressed when they don't Well, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, I think in the culture now, and I think the idea is to resist this. You know, yeah. I think Ursula Le Guin said, you know, it's important to understand the difference between a marketable commodity and a work of art. And yeah. what is our goal? Right. Is it to make marketing a, a marketable commodity? Because why don't we yeah. manufacture bars of soap then? You know, yeah. I mean, why don't we? Why you know what's what? What are we doing here? Um, right. But uh, to, to tr- make a work of art, you don't know if it's going to be a cult work of art. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to work on your art. Um, is a different kind of thing. It's Look at all the people that were successful after they died. A lot of people were, are successful after they died, which is sad because they don't know the, about They didn't achieve it then, but they did achieve it when they were dead. You know, so yeah, my opinion is... Yeah, and sometimes some people's work... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so just do the best you can, get it out there, and who knows? I mean, you don't... like. You don't know who's reading your books. You don't know who's reviewing them. You don't know who's looking at your artwork or whatever or the poems you write. But you, you're giving something to people that they love. and they. But maybe they haven't told you, but that doesn't mean anything. That's why when there's not a lot of book signings now or there's not a lot of art fairs as much as there was, that was really good for artists or writers so they could hear people say like oh i really love reading your work or i like what you did but a lot of writers will stop because they don't have that they need it and that's yeah. no that's i mean a I, problem. Think it's, I think there's a commitment to the process of working on art and finishing pieces and starting yeah. new piece, pieces i think right. pieces meaning interesting like um and mm-hmm. and that there that i think that Part of the um, culture, I think one way we need to kind of try to uh, make a, uh, a mark on the culture is to push back against the complete commercialization of everything. You know, yeah. if it sells, it's good, and if it doesn't sell, it's not good. And are, is that really our values? And is that really what we want? And is that really what we look at art? about is that is it when we are, we're looking at an artwork by somebody else when i'm reading the road by cormac mccarthy am i worried that it was successful or not successful or what am i am i looking at the the brilliant you know uh sentencing that he does and the story and um and and the bleak view of what you know could happen to the world um and so i mean there are larger i mean so i think one issue in in making art is the threads to the large issues of our time 
And, yeah. you know, it's not just all about little old me, you know, although it is a little bit about little old me, but it's not entirely <laughs> about little old me, you know. It's about, like, the things that are happening in our world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the environment, I mean, the wars, the, 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 and the science that's happening and, and all that. Um, and those threads, they work into the artworks, I mean, there's some way. I don't mean. I don't know exactly what I mean. I don't mean to make it, make an artwork like a pamphlet or something like that. But yeah, right, right. Do, no, do you right. Agree? Jack, do you agree? Hello, Jack. Well, no. I've, I've been listening to this and I've been thinking to myself. <laughs> you ask one question: What's the purpose of art? You know, is it yeah, to get famous? Right. Is it to make money? Is it to enjoy yourself? To find who you are? Isn't all art, in a sense, a journey of self-discovery, finding out, you know, what you're capable of, and and sort of rejoicing in that? I think uh, that's we, a good way. We're to so locked. What you're capable so locked, of, right? Yeah, you know, we're so locked into success as a measure that we forget that maybe every work of art that a guy 75 years old creates isn't necessarily a masterpiece. But who cares? You see, yeah. maybe in and old age. It. Maybe in old age you develop an awareness of late style, and it's not just a style related to age, but it's a development of your techniques through time so that you don't need the approbation of those people out there. Who, but what about know, all the young people? What about all the young people out there that are growing up thinking they're not good enough? That's the problem is... I think that the problem is because I think they don't. That's important, though, because it's important what happens to them later. That's not an age problem, is it, Marcia? I mean, that's that's a cultural problem. Yeah. Yeah. We don't actually. That's a mis. Yeah, it's a misperception about um, creativity that's very widespread, and the misperception is: Do you have it or don't you have it? It's not about that. It's about: Are you going to do it? It's not about: Do you have it? No one has it. You know, Picasso right. did not right. have it. I mean, Picasso right. had, you know, per- perpetrated the, <clears throat> the myth that he was a child genius. He was not. Read the, his biography by John uh, right. Richardson, right. I think. No, he was not. He was a, you know, average talented child, but he was why not are you a, using, a child Why biology. are you using he him was, as a model? Why are you using him as a model? How about the mechanic who at the age of 65 retires from mechanicking and says, what am I going to do with my life now? Exactly. How do you motivate yeah, him? Picasso yeah. was in yeah. prison. He, you know, so we don't even need to talk about him. But we need to talk yeah. about the I mean, old right. guy living the way, on the I corner. Don't... Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a question no. of, right. partly I, I have to say this, it's a question of the pleasure in the work if you go back to it every day. And it's go. it's about the, the the kind of the interest in the dialogue that you have with the art that you're working on. And well, you you, discuss, the, you you mentioned something there, Priscilla. That you and I talked about this at length a long time ago. Developing a practice, your art as a practice, something that you yeah, do yeah. day after day, hour after hour. You know, not 24 hours a day, but it's something you commit time to is do you call yeah. that a practice tell me about practice 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's what artists do. That's what poets do. That's what we do. And that's yeah. if you're if you're new to making, if you're new to making, then yeah. that's what you do as well as you know reaching out to learn and you know you're never done with learning craft. I mean, right. really, you're yeah, never done. Um but but reaching out to, as part of your practice you know, part of it is just sitting down and doing it every day. I mean, really, that's part of it. I mean, the sporadic. Because you're, work you habit should be. It's good to, to learn go. every. It's good to learn every day something. You know, I mean, at the end of the article that I wrote, it was that if you think you know everything, you know nothing. Because well, if you think you know everything, you're not learning. You're not learning anything. And you need to learn. And you need to learn and open up your brain. But see, the problem is, is that some. And Jack, you're right because you're saying like a 65 year old person that is a mechanic. What does he do? He's not done anything ever. So will he take a class? Will he do something? Maybe not. So and that person will then sit in a chair, watch TV. Till they die, and that's so sad. But that is what happens no, a lot of times. But there are older artists who, in fact, don't do that, but who start a new creative practice. Yes, that and, would be great. You know, with all the excitement of that, it always comes with some sort of community. I mean, any any sort of art yeah. practice comes with a community. I mean, other people doing it, and you know, other uh, people who are you know masters at it and people who are just learning it, and that whole community that comes with every single form of art there is, um, that that's there. And then you start that journey. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, for example, there was a study done by Sarah Lawrence Lightfoot, who was a sociologist. So she didn't name her she renamed her people, so you don't know who she's really talking about. But they, right. These, right. Yeah. Uh, her book is on she, her book is on people who left some kind of career to do what they had always dreamed of doing when they were children, but they were put down. Oh, you will never be an artist, or you know things like that. One was a um, was a, became, you know had a career in public health, and he'd always loved our opera, and he'd always wanted to you know, sing, but his mother taught him that, you know, opera singers were sissies, so he didn't do that. Well, yeah. at the age yeah. of 70, he starts taking voice lessons, and you think, oh, yeah. well, you know, at 70, how can you take voice lessons? Well, actually, the reason why people's voices get, you know, quote, old-sounding and creakly and everything is because they're not using their vocal cords. I mean, it's it's like yeah. dancers who think yeah. they're old at 40, so they quit practicing. It's like athletes who quit training. Um, and so in any case, you know, her her uh, people are very inspiring for people who start start from ground zero, you know, start from nothing very, very late, you know, in their late 60s and their 70s you know, in their 80s, and they um, they work very hard and they achieve you know something, and so yeah, I think I've had a lot I of think, I've had a lot yeah. of authors on that had regular jobs in the past, and then when they got a certain age and they retired, they went on to do a whole new career of writing and are successful at it. They didn't just stay home. You know, they had to retire or whatever the reason. And I had successful people. again, Marcia. There's that yeah. word successful. Yeah. See, 
the word successful right now only means selling books for money. It doesn't mean becoming an artist in your own right, in isolation if you have to, and doing something that you hadn't done before. To me, However, but when, what, what if they quit a job, but a lot of these people that have been on, that, you know, like I have one in particular that was on, and she had an a extremely high-paying job, and she quit. And then she went into writing, and she had to have money. I mean, you know, we got to all think about that also, you know, that you need to live from, you know, a lot of people have to have money. So she started a whole new career after a certain age. Uh, she said it's a second career, and she's doing, and she's making money because she needed to, though, too. So, but that's the thing. So, because just because someone leaves work doesn't mean they don't need money. And so that well, to them, that's success. Some people have, but you some, have to be able to support yourself. Also, realities of a job. Most jobs, at least they used to in the pre-Republican world, actually gave. Uh, retirement benefits to people who you know had worked there for x number of years you're describing a person who has no community social resources i mean well you know, of course, i don't know but you know. I, she might have had a 401k or she might have had things like that but she has a whole new job where she's making a lot of money and she's successful and she's very happy though that's the thing she didn't think she could be happy doing something else well let me let so, me let me put something in can i put something in here which yeah. is that um the road to if if your main goal or one of your main goals in uh, being a writer even whether a new writer or just being a writer in general is right. making money that is going to very much influence what you're going to write are you going? You yeah. are going to have yeah. to write something that's going to please the public, right? And exactly. that, that's true, though. That's that's very huge. true, right? And but so, then sometimes I mean, yes, when you find that right. right, we have to yeah. have a we have to have a way to live. I mean, you're totally right. right. Whether it's you know, I mean, whether it's a day job, whether it's um, you know, Social Security plus a little day but, job. But the thing is, uh, right? She I mean, didn't realize how much make, she would love it. But she loves it now. Do you know well, what I'm I saying? Mean, that's, you know. that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. But, I mean, the point is that if you're just starting out and the main goal is oh, to make bad. a living writing, that, that's, yeah. you know, right, that, you can't. that's going to totally influence what what yes. you set out to write because you, then you're setting out to write a popular right. or something. And, right. and, and, you know, and, and so you're... You're um, you're sort of compromising yourself before you even sit down, and Absolutely. so I mean, there yeah. are, I'm not saying it's there. Obviously, we have to have a way to live, and that's we know that. Um, and that could be a day job. It could be a new day job that's less demanding than yeah. a, some big career where you're making a lot of money, which is very demanding. Yeah. Um, it could be partly Social Security. We have Social Security in this country. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. if we paid in, if we didn't pay in, we don't have it. Um, and um, so uh, I think it's an important consideration when you're starting out old, you know, how are you going to live? And, and it is nice, though, to it is nice that people have a second, second career that they love. So, you know, what I'm saying is that 
if they had a job or they are retired, let's say, and go into another job, they could be really happy in writing or doing whatever they're doing, painting, and then make money, they're happy too. So, I mean, that's the thing. Unfortunately, in this world, you do need to have money to live, you know, and so, but you should be happy. I mean, you're you're right. You're right, but it don't, you don't have to necessarily make that money doing your art. I mean, that's what I'm no. saying. No, and you, you could, okay, you you're could. Asked, that's right. Because you know why? Uh, I have people on yes, the show, and then have, when they're young and they're starting to write, if they start to write thinking they might make a million dollars, that may possibly not happen. So that is bad, okay? <laughs> they could use that as a second. <laughs> that is a second, because you, you, all of us know it could be not that lucrative. So, but... You, they, you're right. They can do that as a second. Yeah, I mean, most most writers don't make a lot of money. But I, exactly. I talked to, I had this experience talking to a um, class of, of college students that were in the sciences taking a humanities class from a uh-huh. writer, you know, Maya Swinnenberg. Mm-hmm. And so their issue was much the same. If they wanted to go into science and they wanted to be writers, how to keep writing? You know, right. it's the same thing. They have a big day job, you know, which is whatever it involves, you know, right. um, and it involves a lot. It's not like a minor little, you know, day job right. that you can forget about right. in the evening. And yet how then do they keep writing? And right. so it's the same. It's kind of like an, an it's a parallel issue yeah. because they're, it's not money is the question. It's that they're not yeah. going to stop creating because they are yeah. in, in going into science, and in fact, you have you have scientists who are really good writers, and then you have yeah. scientists who are terrible yeah. writers. Uh, but yes. who, I mean, and who, <laughs> right. like Oliver, yes, Sacks, look at true. Oliver Sacks, right. you know. And <laughs> right. um, so, uh, I think it's a, you know, there's always the economic question: How are you going to live? You know, that's that question does not go away. But it does not mean that you do your art because you can right. make money at it. I I feel that's right. an error. Unless, unless you want to be a popular writer who's not really working on art, because if your money, if your if money is the the main consideration, like in other words, if something isn't going to make money, yes. you're not going to do it. Yeah. Like I actually right. heard someone say to me, I, I was it blew my mind completely. I'm not writing poetry anymore because there's no money in it. I mean, <laughs> come on, really? Yeah, I know. Um, and so, I know. I, I mean, right. It, it's insane. I know. This is, but, you know, you know, that's true. So, Absolutely. You should write. That's what my thing is, is that if you don't make money, but at least you enjoyed it or, you know, and you really like it, I think that's important. Yes, you need money to live, but I'm saying you're right because when you meet, say people, they say, oh, I'm not making any money. i got to give it up. Well, then how much do you love it then if you're going to give it up? Yeah, I mean, and and sometimes it's hard, and sometimes you don't have to love it every minute, but it's what you do. Yeah. And, it is yes, hard. And then you do no whatever doubt. you have to do to make sure you're, you're not living on the street. In fact, you know, there's another study. It's a really interesting study, which, again, it's kind of like sociology, so they don't give the names. But it was a study of old New York City artists, and they what, were what? of all kinds City. of okay. yeah. what what no Jack, what? i missed that part which new york city i got it keep going yeah yes and 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 so and they some of them were actually you know living on very poor social security 
And some yeah. of them were not at all, they were like, I would say, like impecunious is the word, you know. Yeah. And they, yet they kept doing their art. They did not stop. And one of them yeah. was even homeless and said, art is the meaning of the world. Art is yeah. the meaning of my life. And so they kept on doing art. And so, I mean, the, their artists, you know, like that, that are not at all famous and will never be famous, but their work is very meaningful. And, yeah. you know, if their work can last, I think you know, that's past important. Them. Jack, I don't think yeah. I ever asked yeah. you the question. Jack, you know, do you, is there, are there times when you, you know, you're always writing, but Jack, do you ever get to the point where you feel, I'm just tired of this? Do you ever have that? Oh, yes, no. I never have asked you that. Okay. No, no. I, yeah. Because see, that brings that brings up a real heavy issue that I've been puzzling through. You know, Dennis Musk. Uh, he was on your show, a novelist. Uh, after oh, he has written, I don't know, in the last few years, about three or four novels that are doing things that I have not ever read before. And yeah. later, earlier. A few years ago, I came across an article by a guy named Edward Said talking about Adorno, who was a German philosopher, and Beethoven, of course, a musician. In that essay, he started talking about their late style, and that's been on my mind for the past couple of years. What does late style mean? You know, and at one point I, I wrote a poem that I called Silence, but it came across a line that Dennis asked me about. He says the the idea is, uh, oh, shoot, yes, never again sink into the dark myth of eagerness. And he said, what does that line mean? And so I started thinking about it. I think, well, see, that's an aspect of late style. What happens is you work the work until it becomes a satisfactory piece for you to have done, and you yeah. don't have eagerness of pitching it out into the world before it's yeah. ready. In other words, the artist who is beyond eagerness, age independent of that, you know, becomes identified in and with the art to such an extent that they don't really need the approbation. Of the of the culture makers and the gatekeepers, they say, ah, this is what I. Yeah, have done. I think I think that's that's a really good point. Yeah, and yeah. I think one advantage of of age, and the aged artists is that um, uh, for some reason, which I don't think is really understood, um, old people um, care less about the opinions of others. This is really useful in art in making art. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you're if you're ready to throw something out, you know, yeah. like um, you know, yeah. blogging. I talk okay, about this. So, yeah, I, 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 I talk about this a lot. Out, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're ready to throw something mm-hmm. out and to get the approval, you know, that's what you're. Oh, you want that approval? Um, yeah. Then you're kind of shortchanging <laughs> if you just keep working on something yeah. until like, yes, this is it. You know, whether somebody else likes it or loves it or pays me or any of that. Yeah. You know, Jack, I think you're exactly right. That I mean, I think the question is, you know, with Edward Said, the question to my mind is, uh, you know, he, he uses artists that actually in their 
late work, they sort of oppose or undermine all of their previous body of work. Like right. Beethoven totally changed, and then um, uh, what's his name, Verdi, um, did Falstaff at the end, which was not a tragic opera, which he was famous for, and so on. And so my question there is, artists, I mean, is late style, like, you know, I was thinking of Wayne Tebow, who at age 98 started his clown series, and his this is a new body of work that he started at age 98, it, you know, and I don't know whether to call that late style or not. It's late work, but well, it's it, very but late you know, work is stayed. different from late style. Yeah. I think that's the point yeah. that Saeed Edward Said is trying to make. That's Edward Said's know. point, but that point is actually debated in the literature a little bit. You know, but I mean, well, it's you fine, can debate. You, know. you can debate the time of day. You know, if you want. But the <laughs> issue here is yeah, certain I mean, artists. They're, they're, that's yeah. Yeah, certain artists is, become, you know, they become almost transparent to the culture, and in becoming transparent to the culture, they find a way of saying things that has not been said before, and that to me is yeah, one of well, the essence of creativity. What is poetry? Poetry is using ordinary language to say extraordinary things. And right. here are artists who have assimilated all of the techniques of the past They've gone past them, and they've delved into something a little bit beyond what is known. You know, an example, well, yeah, Samuel mean, Beckett. No, that Samuel I, Beckett. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there, but the point is that uh, Beethoven, which I don't understand. I mean, I don't really understand music. Okay, so you do. I don't. Because well, you're not a musician Beethoven. if you listen to Opus 111. <laughs> Thirty-second piano sonata. Well, well, we all That's can't be everything. We can't be everything. But right. Beethoven did work in late work that kind of almost went against his um, previous body work. But I like the way you said it better. Yes, you get to a new place that's never been yes. before, and where you have never been before, because that's the whole that, that that's the whole advantage of having like these decades of work behind you. Um, yeah. That you are, you're, and and you're, you you don't you don't you're not worried about, you know, you're not worried about the 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 recognition, you're not worried about. You're no you know, longer you're, you're no longer money. eager, you know, to do those things that young artists do, which is let it go too early, you know. When you yeah, let it exactly. go too early, then you yeah, don't yeah. reap the benefits right. of the wonderful techniques that come with insight. And insight comes from reading science as we go back full cycle, reading science to enlarge your understanding of what the brain is actually doing, both artistically and culturally. And that's yeah. what that's what eagerness in that line means to me. Don't put it out too early. Wait. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. I think that's really true. But I think I you wait, know for wait, me I, when I I've had so many authors on that write and write and write, and they have like hundreds of books. And I, and I, I am a fast-paced person, but I can't I can't write fast-paced because I'm not satisfied until I get it right. It, even if it's a short novella, which I like to write on romances, but I have to get the characters right. I have to know about them. I have to grow with them, and I can't just throw it out. I mean, I say to myself, I don't know, how do they all get them, do so many of them? And I'm fast-paced, I can write, but then I, if I'm not happy, it doesn't go. I can't, it, I can't let it go. 
because I have to be happy. And also, that also when you're when you're working on a work, um, sometimes you uh, need to. That's why I like to work on several pieces at once because sometimes you need to set it down, and then you think, oh, this is done, um, and then yeah. you go back to it. Oh no, I I can make this deeper. <laughs> But I can make there you go. I See, this to. is what yeah. this is the whole point that late style yeah. suggests yeah. that the writer, the artist, the composer, the whatever he has done, he's going deeper. And what does that mean? See, John Verrill, a friend of mine, a composer, used to say, "The only meaning in music is emotion." Right, heart. Now, the if heart we think about that, like the heart. If yeah. we think about that, you know, it's, it's yeah. saying, well. You can't put words, you can sing it, but you can't go to a semantic understanding in words of the piece of music. You have to feel it. And ultimately what happens, I think, in in late style, what happens is the artist begins to feel something beneath the words. Now, it's very interesting to me, Priscilla, that you mentioned the word hippocampus. And because... the brain produces somehow pulls words out of a lexicon located somewhere in your brain and forces your finger to write those words. Just exactly how does that happen? You don't have to know it, but you've got to know that something else is going on that's driving these words out of you or this painting out of you. You know, yeah. and this, I this think is a fascinating place to of, be, you see. Yeah, and I think the whole issue of attention... Um, like the hippocampus um, starts, um, which is a, a part of the brain that is essential for, for memory and learning, and it starts, um, it, it, it knows what to, um, what to make connections with the other parts of the brain. Um, attention is its, it, is exactly. its um, thing, and if you're, it's, it's kind of guide. And if you are uh, attending to getting the work out, and talking to people and getting them to like you, um, then um, that's what you're paying attention to. You're not paying attention exactly. deeply exactly. to the artwork. And exactly. so that actually is, you know, it's reflected in your brain. Um, it is actually reflected in your brain. And if you, and also, I mean, as Jack, we were talking earlier about the brain, you know, knows things that, you don't know. In other words, like blind sight is very, very interesting because blind sight is someone who can't see. You know, they can't see. And yet, if you put a, a this is an experiment. If you put um, like a pencil to their right and say, "Could you reach for the pencil?" They reach right for the pencil. That's they. They know exactly where it is. They don't consciously know where it is, but their brain knows where it is. That's blind sight. And that really means that the brain, if you, you know, give it, if you give it room, <laughs> you know, give it room, you know, you're, you're attending yeah. to your artwork. It's the artwork that's going to give you back, and it's your brain that is going to be serving your artwork. If your goal and attention are to the public, um, you know, which there is a time for that, granted, but when you're making the artwork, it, that's yeah. not the time. If 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 your um, right right yes, if your attention right. is on the artwork yeah. day after day after day, 
that will give you back. The artwork will give you back. And it's partly the artwork, but it's partly your brain that's giving you back. You're allowing your brain to do what it does, which is to to give you insights and give you, you know, um, kind of deep to deepen the emotion, to get closer to that emotion in the artwork. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, because sometimes well, I think sometimes see, when you're writing, you, hit, you know, you hit something that in other cultures but is not necessarily part of the American culture, and that is the notion of standing back, getting out of the way, and letting the hand move. You know, yeah. that's a very Zen concept. We do not espouse Zen thinking in the Western culture. We don't want to wait. We are so eager to get it out to market that we actually manufacture products that hurt people, and then the government sues them, and they take the thing back. But the eagerness, the eagerness is what is killing us, both as artists and as nations. Right, but that's with anything, and, you know, you have to be, you know, that's people are, you know, they want to get it over. You know, that's what's happened. It's got to be fast and quick, and, you know, you have to do it, you know, you can't wait in line anywhere. People get, you know, if you see people waiting in a line, they're already mad because they have to wait in line for something. They don't. Everything has to be quick, and not everything quick, is quick. 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 But that's quick, right, and it doesn't always sloppy. work. Yeah, quick, no. fast, and, and sloppy mean, is the way we do it. Our bridges fall down, our roads fall apart, our poets yeah. can't. And getting can't getting back to reading. Or, you know, yeah. I mean. Getting back to reading, I think that yeah. uh, one reason to go back to reading on the page is that it's slow. It's kind of slow. It's not. You're not just passively. And the other thing about, I mean, right. audio yeah. uh, books are are fine for you know for people who are hard of seeing, and they're I fine. Know. You know, if you're stuck in traffic, you know, and they're fine in certain situations. But to simply go over to audio books, just to return to that subject. Um, you are speeding and you're also multitasking. And as we know, multitasking, you're not multitasking. You're being distracted from one thing to another thing. Right. Distracted well, again. Distracted again. Well, distracted right. again. I see what you're saying again. because I do like audiobooks, but you're right. Because I am doing something else while I'm listening to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because exactly. I am. Either and I'm so putting my makeup on or I'm getting dressed. Let me me jump in on that reading thing because, see, you're talking about two levels of perception, an auditory sensation of reading, hearing the words, and the other is the visual visual work of translating the little specks of ink on the paper into images that live in your brain. There's quite a different process, the visual as opposed to the auditory. And that becomes a very, very important aspect of the brain growing. I'm not sure that passive learning, like in reading a novel over in audio, is as powerful, has such as as powerful effect on the brain as reading that novel in those words and letting your brain decode the signals, the signs, the symbols on the brain into into electrochemical process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is Although true some that people, different right. parts of the brain. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, these are different things that, you know, but whatever the case is, you know, reading is important or, you know, all of these things are important. And hopefully people are reading. But, you know, a lot of people I've heard on my show talk about the fact that they are getting back to holding a book rather than on an e-book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, they, actually, they're tired of this. This also relates to handwriting, because there's all this literature on handwriting and versus keyboard. And of yeah. course, you know, if you have a disability, like you have arthritis in your hands or whatever, yeah, that's that's one thing. So that's you know, keyboard great. But and and of course we're all on the keyboard, but. Um, to give up handwriting, when you're handwriting, many different parts of the brain are active. When you're working on the keyboard, only one part of the brain is active. And, I mean, right. th- this really has a huge some, effect some on people children do say, Some people actually write their, you know, a lot of write scenes on a, their scenes or whatever on a, you know, legal pad. I do that a lot because, and then, I, you know, if I have a scene in my head, I write it. And then on you know on paper, and then I when I put it on the computer, it's completely yeah. different. But at least me keep, yeah, it well, keeps remember, me in the frame of mind. Remember that the first that the first computers came out. They didn't. They came out with a word processor. In yeah. other words, mm-hmm. it's not necessary for creative writing. Although we right. turned it into <laughs> right. that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Marcia, yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to go. I'm going to have yeah, to I go. Yeah, I know. We're ending it. Okay. Yeah, Did you tell me you wanted to stay yeah. on? Usually I'm done. I, I'm staying on because of you. You said you yeah, wanted sure to stay on. Yeah, okay. Priscilla, <laughs> great talk to you both. All right. Take uh, care. Yeah, look, All right. Take care. We're going to yeah. leave in a minute anyway. All right. Priscilla, anything else you'd like to discuss? Thanks, Jack. Bye-bye. Well, I, Bye-bye. Thank you, Jack. Bye, Jack. <laughs> Didn't he tell no, me he wanted um, to be on no. two hours? I'm thinking like, okay. <laughs> All right. Usually because I'm on. Okay, so what would you like to say at the um, so, yeah? What would you like to say at the end? You know, so people that are listening, because it's really important. Yeah, you know that people. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, people, for listening. Yeah, I think the my book, Dancing with the Muse in Old yeah. Age, which I wrote first to help myself, but then to help, and really, people. I'm getting feedback, so it's really working. I'm very happy that it, that people are gaining a lot from it. In terms yeah. of looking at the future, whatever age you are, because the science is, uh, this is Becca Levy at the Yale School of Public Health who has done these studies of people's expectations of old age or people who, 20-year-olds who have negative attitudes toward aging and towards old people have seven years less to live. They're much more likely to have cardiac stroke and dementia. So expectations are extremely powerful. That's why I wish that people, any anyone over 40 or under 40 would read my book. But right, to, no, to right. And, and that's true, though, because I think that, right, idea. because there is no, you know, people are writing books in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, and people are doing movies, they're acting, they're, you know, and if, because a lot of times they can't keep their jobs because they don't want people of a certain age to be working, but that doesn't mean their life has ended. So no, what absolutely. you're trying to say is so it's just be beginning in another way. It's beginning in another yeah, way. Exactly. Yes. Because yes, I think what yes, I got Marcia, from you is so right. you have done a lot of different things in your life. 
yes, to I get have. you this place. Um, and me too. All the way through, I was writing. I was a printer in my 20s and 30s. I was a, yeah. a printer. I ran a printing press. But I was still yeah. getting up in the morning to write um, every morning. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and I've done, of course, I, I've done a lot of teaching over the last 30 yeah, years. Yeah, so, I mean, and those so, are the things, you know, uh, that's what makes it interesting, life, doing different things. And makes you a better writer. Yeah. Makes you much, you know, it keeps you going. And I, I think the thing is that people should take out of the show is just keep going till you don't. That's my thing. Keep going yeah. till I can't. And my, you know. And my point is to be proactive. And at the end yes. of every chapter of this, of Dancing with the Muse in Old Age, is a, a section called Composing Our Lives, where there are questions that we can work through. And the idea is, you know, how are your connections with other people? How could you make this 5% better? Because on, the idea is that, Crash diets don't work, okay? So we yeah. 5% better. And there are right. different questions. What are your plans for today? What are your goals? What are your plans? What are your goals for today? Uh, if you know, What are your goals for this week? Yep. Um, what are you working on? Um, and, and so I, I think that to be proactive as we approach old age, I mean, that's as we approach any age, but as especially as we approach old age, is like key uh, to to begin a creative uh, life. See, I to think your book is more than that, though. It's not just for older people to read this book. No, it's for people right. that are even in their thirties and forties and thinking about the careers they want, the life they want to have. I think it's not just older people should read your book. I think it's people that are looking for the future to keep going. That's what the, your book yeah. is. It's about I, it's, keep I, going. I really, my, my great hope is that, that people who are 30, 40, 50, you know, will read well, it right. because it will very much be a help. It'll be a, I mean, I, I've read the literature, and I don't think there's any book like it, <laughs> although there are other very good books. You know, Becca Levy. Will you, co- will you come out, on again? It. There's some other guests that I'm thinking about that would love to come on probably and talk about this because we have discussed this. You know, just the fact of age, you know, how people treat people and how different it is, you know, when they find out somebody's age. So I think we should do a show on that. Would you like to do a show like that? You know, because I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I'll keep in touch then. All right, and thank you so much. All right, and have a great day, everybody. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye.